Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 442 with Anwar White, Cultivating Vulnerability in Relationships, one of my favorite topics. Hey, everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect she deserves in life and love. So if you're looking to build your confidence and show up more authentically in your life, I wrote a book just for you and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 tips and exercises to help you step more fully into your value and it's available now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week I share a tip from the book and this week's tip is if you want something, ask for it. How many times have you wanted something and didn't say anything or didn't want to take a risk for what you wanted? And I mean, so many times in my life, I remember thinking that it would just happen or why didn't they just think of me? And we do this in relationships all the time. We do it at work. So my challenge to you this week is if you want something, just ask for it. The biggest risk you have is they'll say no, but at least you've asked. The best thing that could happen is they say yes. And before I bring Anwar on, I want to just give a shout out to my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. It is a fabulous place to come for support, positive support. It is a great, great group. I may, if I may say so myself, we have monitors who keep this group safe and sane for women over 40 who are looking to grow. So come to your last first date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Anwar White. He is the founder of the Get Your Guy coaching program. He is a certified dating and relationship coach, and he's helped thousands of smart, successful women heal their hearts and date effectively. He's helped them get their guy when he isn't getting his sisters dating like crazy and having a ton of fun while doing it, he's watching reality TV with his partner, teaching his three kids violin. <laughs> cool. He believes that everyone deserves love and it's his mission to help provide that for his clients. He's also the host of his own podcast called Get Your Guy. Welcome to the show, Anwar. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I love that um, you you like reality TV and you're not afraid to say it. <laughs> no, no, not at all. As you said, if you like something, you got to talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's part of vulnerability, right? Oh, most what, definitely. What shows, what are your favorite shows? Well, I love anything that's like kind of trashy, rom com So any like <laughs> 90 Day Fiance, um, Married at First Sight, uh, Love After Lockup. These are all like romantic shows, but also have this like reality aspect to it as well, as, as, as well as the like the Hallmark movies and everything like that. You and I would have fun watching TV together. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching the, the Bachelor with my daughter and I'm like cringing, but also you learn a lot, you know, and, and I oh, once had a guest sure. on and he said something really interesting about reality TV in terms of our emotions, that we live vicariously through people who have these like hissy fits and 
are completely dramatic and they it's like they just have permission to let it all out on TV. And we often keep our emotions really tamped down. Yeah. So this is a great segue to our topic today. Anwar, I would love to hear your definition of vulnerability and why you feel it's so important in dating and relationships. Yeah, um, I love this topic first and foremost. And like you already know, it is like the center of all like connection and relationships, right? Um, vulner vulnerability for me is all about being willy willing to like expose yourself to another person or a community with the possibility, right, that it might not be accepted, it might be harmed, it might be attacked, but still putting yourself out there in a way so that you can be seen 100%, right, as your full authentic self. I think that is so important. It is important in relationships, right? I think that successful relationships uh, have an aspect where you have to bring your entire self to, to the love to your love game that I call it, right? When you're dating, or if you're in an exclusive serious relationship that you're also showing up and being your full authentic self there. I think vulnerability is crucial to relationships because vulnerability is what creates connection, right? And without it, you have nothing but disconnection. You have hiding, you have ignoring, you have avoiding, right? Um, and obviously those are not great things in terms of if you want to have a successful relationship with someone, if you are doing that stuff, then yes, you're going to have a lot of disconnection. You're, and I, I think I'm pretty extreme when it comes to this. I think it's almost a little bit like lying by omission by not putting your entire self in your relationship. And so um, I do that. And specifically, I, I work with women. Um, oftentimes, my clients will be telling me or have a problem being able to express what they need or what they want. And it it requires a level of vulnerability. And if you're not able to communicate that, then your partner can't help you and can't support you through whatever you're going through, right? And, and that stuff really destroys relationships. So that's why I think it's super important. It's a really good description. And I really like the, um, you know, the hiding and the avoiding. I think that we just show this little part of ourselves and then we want people to love all of us, but we don't expose all of us. I, I went through a client's must-have list the other day and I said to her, are you all the things on your must-have list? Let's talk about that. And so one of her requirements was someone who is respectful. Do you respect yourself? Somebody yeah. who good, is a good communicator. Do you communicate well with yourself? Are you kind to yourself? You know, these are all ways that we can improve our own confidence in ourselves. But then from that place, we can be more vulnerable. I think that, you know, we'll talk a, a little bit about resistance to vulnerability because I think, you know, for me it was, I can't expose these parts of me because I've been hurt before. And so I need to shut down. That was the lesson I learned. It's what I talked about in my TED talk that I just put this hard shell over my heart to protect myself. So we have these love shields. We have ways of protecting, which it works against us. So I'd love to hear from you, why do you think so many people do resist being so vulnerable? Yeah, well, it's not easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite difficult to be vulnerable for a variety of different reasons. I think the first thing is really about 
uh, the fact that like when we're growing up, we aren't taught these things. We, are, we aren't taught how to be vulnerable, right? Oftentimes we grow up and we're told like not to say something or not to feel a certain kind of way. Like, oh, you shouldn't be crying about this or, or whatever it may be, right? So we hold on to some of these beliefs from childhood as a way for us, as you said, to protect or preserve ourselves and the acceptance of others, right? Um, so I think that's like one thing. The other part I would say is I also think that people um, feel like being vulner vulnerable is like a weakness, right? And that um, people will take advantage of you if you are vulnerable. And, you know, we don't ever want to put ourselves in a position where we could feel powerless, um, where, and yeah, no one wants to feel like that. And I think that really hits upon like our, one of our primal fears, which is like, uh, control, right? We always want to have control of a situation, even sometimes of other people in our lives, if we're being completely honest with ourselves. Um, and so without that feeling of control, it can feel very uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, weakness, I think this feeling of weakness is another aspect of it. And I also think when we're talking about kind of primal fears, we also have this primal fear of rejection as well, right? Of this I'm gonna put myself out there and um, I'm really scared what the actual reaction of that is going to be, right? Because we, we never wanna lose someone's love, right? And that is something that can occur if you put yourself out there. That's part of life, that's part of the game, right? And so, you know, when I think about this, I think about like how our brains work in terms of, of uh, just natural human anatomy and, and how we think about things. And if we go back to like the caveman days and rejection for us and rejection uh, of our tribe meant that we were banished, right? From our community. And that meant that we had to fend for ourselves. And ultimately that meant death, <laughs> right? And so there's something about our brains that also kind of feels that way when it comes to this fear of rejection as well. So I think that's what it's about more than anything else. I think it's about the fact that we haven't been taught that we feel like it's a weakness and that um, this fear of rejection kind of holds us back from really being our true authentic vulnerable selves. Those are really good points. I, I think that our brains are so wired and we believe these things as truths. I love talking about rejection. That's, that's another one of my favorite topics because when we really look at it, if somebody's rejecting us, so to speak, for being who we are, it's not rejection. It's just not a good match, you know? And the earlier we can find that out, the better, the less heartache, the less we suffer, if we can really show up authentically. And, but also, but yeah. also just really quickly, like when, when you're dating and you're out there and you're talking to these people, I, I want to really kind of explain to your listeners if they don't already know this, that like, they don't even know 98% of you, right? So even if you're feeling rejected, realize that if that is a feeling that I want to honor within yourself, <laughs> that they are rejecting 2% of you. They don't even know you. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. that is definitely the other part, especially early on, like you write a message to somebody on a dating app and they don't answer. They don't know you. They're not rejecting no. you. They're rejecting an image of you or whatever. And it's usually about them. So who yeah, cares? Exactly. I know we have to let go of so much of that stuff. And, and vulnerability, I mean, Brene Brown was such a huge influence on my life and my dating life and my relationships because 
we have so much shame that we have to work on that prevents us from vulnerability too. So can you speak to shame? Because I mean, this is, this is a topic that's come up a lot in coaching this week, where we take shameful messages. So you talked a little bit about childhood, but taking those messages that people have said, and especially if we're different, if we feel different, and we think we're being rejected even though we're not, you know, there's so much that goes on in our heads. So I'd love to hear your take on shame and its connection to vulnerability. Yeah, I think it's, I think that's such an interesting question because like you, it's actually something that I've been talking to quite a few of my clients about this week as well. And what I've been noticing is that when we're feeling a certain type of way, uh, we can also, uh, at least some of my clients have been feeling shame about how they're feeling. And in doing so, there aren't, they aren't able to share right? Exactly how they're feeling because they're so ashamed of it. And as I was saying, communication is the way that we can help with this vulnerability, right? And letting people come in and help or connect with us can help us when it comes to vulnerability. So um, what I'm telling my clients is generally that I want us to embrace how we're feeling. There may be times in your life that you're going to feel a little bit of shame, but I want us to honor that I want us to respect and acknowledge it because the, the problem too is that we're not even acknowledging the shame, right? It's there and we just feel bad, but we're not really understanding or taking the time to realize why we're feeling that way. So part of it is acknowledging it first and foremost. The other part is understanding that you're feeling this way for a certain reason, right? And we have to understand why that is the case. And that can be for a variety of different reasons, like depending on the individual, their experience, their circumstance, whatever it may be. Um, the third part is that knowing that it is going to pass. I, I think of some of these feelings like shame as um, I call them like emotional flus, right? Like when you get the flu, you don't shame yourself because you got the flu, right? You say, okay, I have it. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to let it pass. Right. And that's how I think of how we can think about our own emotions that might not be the most positive. Right. That we can acknowledge them. We can take care of ourselves while acknowledging them and we can let it pass. Right. Um, so emotional flus. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it. The emotional yeah. flu. Well, I think also just in terms of our emotional life in general, we tend to have much more empathy for people with physical pain than emotional pain. We don't know what yeah. to do with it because we don't know what to do with our own pain. And so if we yeah. can't sit with our own pain, how can we then acknowledge, sit with, not judge somebody else's pain? So let's talk about some steps that people can take if they want to start becoming more vulnerable. I think you've kind of touched on some of them already, but I'd love to hear some, some other steps, like those baby steps, like open the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's really how it has to start. I think sometimes, especially the women that I work with that are like smart, successful, ambitious women who like always want to go from zero to 60, like <laughs> oftentimes that's not the best way to do things. So I always think of like, what's the next step, right? Um, and in this specific instance, in terms of vulnerability, I think that the next step or you can do a few things or a variety of different things. Um, the first thing I would say is like asking for help right? Asking for help is like a very 
I don't want to say easy way, but a great first step and really learning how to be vulnerable and allowing people to be there for you, right? I think oftentimes we get in this very like misindependent mode where we're doing so many things for ourselves and we never allow for people to be there for us. And so it, it's hard for us to rely on others and develop that trust, which is so important when it comes to vulnerability, right? Um, and I would actually argue that like that trust and that being able to rely, rely on others is a, a, like a super important quality, even even one of the most important qualities than, than, than anything else. So um, yeah, ask for people to do things for you, right? It's as simple as asking someone to give you a call, right? Can you call me tonight at seven? Um, can they help you with something around the house that you maybe don't want to do or something with the car? Or can you take a look at my resume, right? I wanna refresh it, right? Whatever you need, ask, ask, ask. <laughs> so that's one step. Um, the second step is really just sharing more about yourself, right? And I always think that it's best to do it first with family or friends or people that you feel safe around, before you start to talk about some things with acquaintances or people that you're, you're dating or going out on a first date with, right? Because there are quite a few different things that we don't necessarily share with our family or friends that we can, and that can actually create more connection in the relationship, right? So, um, and obviously that will have repercussions in terms of how you show up in the dating, dating world as well. So I want you to start sharing with your family and friends, those things that you're not sharing and you know what they are, <laughs> right? So, so even things like sharing your goals, like what are your financial goals? What are your romantic goals? What are your educational goals? What are your health goals? What are your social goals, right? Um, so sharing those kinds of goals, your challenges at the moment, what you think your future challenges may be, right? Also talking about your successes as well, because sometimes we're not talking about those. And even sharing those is a level of vulnerability that I think is important to, to be able to share with other people. So yeah, let's share, 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 share. Um, and then uh, another way that we can kind of work that vulnerability muscle is, um, and I know this sounds like really like small, but accepting compliments. There are so many women that I work with and that I know that it's like impossible for them to accept a compliment, right? So, um, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's at work, whether it's about your looks, whether it's about something that you've done for someone else, there, people are going to be appreciative of what you're doing, what you're saying, who you are. So accept that, receive that, allow that, right? Um, that is what's really important here. And that's what I want to encourage you all to do. I love that one. That's receiving. Oh my God. I, and I, I've shared this example before, but I was once watching Steve Harvey and he had a woman on and he was giving her some compliment, like you are an amazing mom, something like that. And her answer to him, I received that, Steve. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, we need to practice just saying that. You know, there's so much deflecting and, oh, not me. I mean, I grew up with that model of, oh, you know, my mom would like spend a lot of time and money on her looks. Like that was important to her. But when somebody yeah. would say, you're beautiful, she'd say, ah, oh, no, not me. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I'll be like, hey, you've just put yourself out there. Just say thank you. Yeah, you know, exactly. and it's... my mom's the same way. I, she, she'll like do, she'll get her whole wardrobe, her whole situation. Someone will compliment her and, she, and she'll be like, oh, this old thing. 
No, right. it's not uh, a whole thing. You just got it. And you right. took a lot of pride in getting it, girl. Come on. <laughs> right. Or I got it on sale. It's like, oh, it's yeah. from the clearance rack. Well, but you put time and energy into it. This was your choice. And and somebody's complimenting, you're actually taking away the joy that they just had of giving yeah. you a compliment. So, you know, I love all these. I think that um, asking, you know, they're kind of all related, I think, you know, asking for help, receiving, asking and receiving and, and opening more. And I think people don't know how much to share and what to share. I do a lot of that work and I'm sure you do too with clients about how to take their stories and make them shareable and also know the timing because Brene Brown says people don't just get your stories, they have to earn them. You know, we often will think we have a connection and then we'll start sharing like they're the deepest, darkest moments of our lives with total oh strangers, right? Right, right. And it's like, I mean, I've had it happen to me a lot because I'm an empath and I like to listen and go <laughs> and get these stories, right? And yeah. it's just like, too much. I am exhausted. It's almost I, yeah. I call it like the homeless to Harvard college essay, you know, where like <laughs> you give them that whole story and you're like, whoa, what wasn't ready for the essay? Like, okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what it tells me often is that they haven't, that they're identifying with their story, that that's who they think they are. So if you know, I am my diabetes, I am my mother died, I am my uh, gluten intolerance and, and eating disorders. And, and it's just like, you know, when I like you, I can accept all of you. But before I like you and know you, yeah. I can't take it all in. So there's a limit to how much we should share and when we should share. I mean, that's, that's a topic for a whole other podcast. But it's, it's, it's just really important, though, that we share some parts of ourselves, like you said, yeah. you know, share and practice with the people who are safe. I love that. I think, I think that's great, great advice. Um, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about vulnerability in dating and vulnerability in a relationship. Does, does something change when we transfer you know, into a relationship from the dating phase? Yeah, I mean, when I think about the dating phase, I always think about, as you were just kind of saying, you don't give everything, you don't give the whole kitten and caboodle on your first date, right? That there is a progression of vulnerability that happens, right? Where, and it's actually like a fine balance because you don't want to give too much and you don't want to give too little. And not because you don't want to, but it's about respecting where you are in the journey right, of this engagement with another person um, and letting it kind of naturally flow versus forcing something or not giving enough of yourself, right? So that's really what it's about more than anything else. Because oftentimes, right, um, men are not going to be super vulnerable and not going to be super open out of the gate. I, I actually think um, for a lot of female and male relationships, women are the, are the parties that create that vulnerability pond, right? And then when men start to feel a little bit comfortable, they'll dip their toe in it a little bit. And then after they feel really comfortable, they'll dive all the way in, right? <laughs> and so I think one of the quickest ways to actually get there when it comes to dating, and I tell this to my clients all, all the time, is that I want you to be focused on just having a good time, laughing and having fun. 
right? First and foremost. So many of my clients want to get into these uber deep questions about the meaning of life and things like that in, in the first couple of dates. And I generally like to tell them that let's like, there's time for that, right? Let's have fun. Cause that's, a, that's, a, that's the, I think the quickest way to get into this vulnerability space, especially with men, right? It, it, it empowers them. They have more confidence when you're doing that. So they feel more safe to actually be more vulnerable. Right. And then, uh, you know, once that's established, we can start going into that, those vulnerability steps, right, becoming more and more vulnerable. Um, I think of vulner vulnerability in kind of three different levels, right? Um, when you're being vulnerable, right, you can kind of just speak the circumstance, meaning what happened to you, right? Um, so a personal example for me would be like, oh, I went to boarding school, right? That's a fact that happened, right? You said something, you revealed something about yourself, but it's a circumstance. It's like surface level, right? They know something more about you, but that's great. The deeper level, right, is not just what you've done, but how you think about it, right? So you can also be like, yeah, I went to boarding school. And now as I think about my time in boarding school, I realize that it's helped me to become a more independent person, right? Or um, I've been able to meet so many different people in boarding school. And now I think that's why I like to travel so much, right? Mm -hmm. Different level of vulnerability. That's when we're talking about your thoughts about the fact, right? Now, if we wanna go even deeper, now we wanna talk about the feelings of the thoughts of the fact, right? So now that I'm traveling a lot, um, you know, I, I, I feel free, I feel empowered, right? Um, when I went to boarding school and I was independent, um, it's made me feel like I could be self-sufficient, right? It's empowered me to do a lot of different things in my life and have a variety of different goals. If I had just stayed at that circumstance level, they would have known just, this, uh, just a slither about me. Now, if I go down to that thought or that feeling level, they get to know so much more about me. Right. And I think it's just so important to realize that, you know, those first dates are about those, that circumstance level. But then you want to start going into that thought level and that feeling level. And that's when you start to really gain that huge amount of vulnerability, as well as connection with that other person. Right. So I think that's what's really important with dating and being able to make that progression. But also like so when you're in a relationship. I think that level of vulnerability, all of those different levels is just a given, right? That's an expectation of your partner that you're gonna be able to communicate all of those different vulnerability levels at different times um, without hesitancy, right? Without, and, and you know, um, just so that they can support you, they can know more of you because that's what they wanna do. They wanna know as much of you as possible. So yeah, I think that's the difference between kind of dating and then just being in a relationship. Yeah, it's interesting how you work it down into those three levels. I, I think most of us stay at that level one, you know, yeah. and even if you look at online profiles, you see it. I'm a this, I'm a that, I do this, I'm an adjective, 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 adjective. We know nothing. We know they yeah. might be creative, but we don't know how. Like, do you play the violin or do you paint furniture? <laughs> you know, do you? And then we want to know, yeah. like, what is it to you? What do you get out of it? So when I write a profile, I'm actually, I include the facts and the feelings. Like, I love this because this is what yeah. it does for me. So somebody gets a little bit of insight into who I am 
before we even meet, you know? So I want to know, like, those are the, those are the kinds of profiles I would be attracted to as people who share a little bit more of the heart and tell me a little bit more of who they are and who they are in relationship, especially because who you are at work, great. That doesn't really tell me anything. You know, there are people who have important jobs who hate their jobs and would rather be doing something else. I want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know yeah. what you'd rather be doing. Um, go do it. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's also just really important when we're talking about online profiles is to realize that a lot of men are not going to be great at writing their own profiles. So to have an expectation that they're going to give you these amazing profiles or they're going to give you these amazing paragraphs in the first and second like first and second messages, I think is like not realistic. Yeah. So like, I, I just want to keep us like grounded and real and understand that again, like your strength and, and, and your femininity and your feminine power is to be vulnerable, right? And to lead with that and to be able to do that on your dates as well as on your online profile. Yeah, not to judge because the profile is not a person. I, I think yeah. you're so right. And most people don't have dating coaches writing their profiles. So, you know, and even not yet. We have, who, we have a lot right. of work to do. <laughs> we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> it's true. And I also see women who share about all the amazing things they do. And, and I'm so busy, 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 busy. Busyness is like code for there's no room in my life for you. And I'm just going to move on. I think that um, we have to be really careful about, you know, telling the story about where someone can fit into our lives when we post oh. something, right? And when we speak to people, because I, I remember I used to do like the whole busy thing in the beginning of dating. Oh my God, I'm you know, I have a busy career and I've got three children at home and I'm doing this and I'm cooking meals every night. And then, and then they're like, do you have time to time slot me into your life? Cause yeah. I, it doesn't seem that way, but I was trying to build myself up because it was so hard to do all these things. But what I wanted more than anything was a partner. And I wasn't yeah. conveying that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's so important that you say it about busy and it, it can look really interesting or it can signal differently online as well. So like, for example, if you have an online profile and like all of your pictures are from you traveling (laughs) in different places, right? And the other person doesn't get to see who you are in your life, right? They just think of you as this traveler. They're, again, they're not gonna feel like there's any space for them because ultimately, are you looking for like a romantic partner? Are you looking for a travel partner, right? (laughs) So it's good to like, obviously be able to present in a way that you can be vulnerable enough to show all aspects of your life and not just one of them. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're multifaceted. Yes. And the more we can like unpeel the onion a little bit, but not all together, <laughs> all at once, because that's just like, I, I, another analogy from Brene Brown I once heard on a podcast many years ago was, the difference between if you picture like the old fashioned Christmas lights that you had to actually turn on each one. So if, if you had a string of lights and each light bulb was a connection, was, was another way of like connecting through vulnerability and creating more trust, creating more connection until you have this beautiful string of lights. That's, that's how I like to picture a relationship building one light being turned on after the other, as opposed to coming in with like a disco bulb and whew, put the lights on 8,000 watts, you know, and that's yeah, how a lot of people exactly. are, right? So it's, it's 
gentle and it's slow and it's like, but it's beautiful. It's this beautiful connection and all together. It makes this, this gorgeous light. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. I just think it's really beautiful. So um, as we come to the end here, I would love to hear your final words of advice for somebody who wants to go on their last first date. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not going to say vulnerability because we were talking <laughs> about that the entire time. So yes, no, <laughs> side note, vulnerability. Um, I think it's really about being your whole authentic self, right? I don't, what, one thing that I tell my clients or potential clients when I begin working with them is that you have to bring your entire self to this love game. There's no room for facades because if you're, you know, doing the facade thing for the first couple of days and then you become the real you, the person's going to be like, what's going on here? Who are you really? So really bringing your whole self, even the things that you're, the quirkiness, right? Even the, the things that you're kind of scared to show people, whether it's like you love trashy romance novels or whatever those small little things are, those kind of are your superpower because those are the things that make you super unique. Um, and someone out there is going to love that part of you because they're gonna love all parts of you because you've been able to show all parts of you. So come into this love game 100% full force as your 100% self. I love these superpowers. It's, it's so true. I mean, you and I connected over um, reality TV. It's just yeah. like we had a point of connection. And it's, you know, I could have thought, well, you know, I don't watch reality TV. Well, you know, that's weird. And I yeah. have nothing in common with this guy. But, but we have a lot in common. We are all about vulnerability and authenticity. And we can have a five hour conversation around that because we're both tuned into the same wavelength. And I think that so many people just hold back. I, I had a client once who was so scared when she started dating that she wrote the most bland profile that was just so generic, so cookie cutter. And her pictures were awful. They were far away and blurry. And I said, you're, you're just posting this, this tiny part of who you are. It doesn't show you. And she's married now to this guy who fell in love with her. But before that, she would, she would just date whatever fell into her net, which was mostly people who really were not respectful and didn't connect. And so that's, that's really what you want. You want to reveal more of you so that you can attract somebody who loves those parts of you. And the people who don't are the wrong people. And there's nothing wrong with that. So this totally. is, this is <laughs> such a great conversation, Anwar. So tell us um, how people can find you. Yeah, you can go to my website, getyourguycoaching.com. Um, if you're interested in chatting with me at all, um, you can book a free consultation at www.getyourguycoaching.com slash apply. Um, and we'll chat it up. We'll talk about you and your love life and your dating life and figure out what's working, what's not, what's holding you back and hindering you from your love goals and, you know, potentially how we can solve them together. Fabulous. Well, I love your energy. I love your wisdom. And I really appreciate you being here today, Anwar. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a blast as well. Oh, good. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you love our show, please rate and review us. It's always helpful. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. <laughs> <laughs>